0: Well, good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing today? We have left Wednesday. We're into Thursday. That much closer to the weekend and that much closer to the start of the holiday season. How's everybody feeling about that? Didn't that go fast? It did. It did. Let me get this up here, push my little buttons, and then uh, we'll talk about today. There we go. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Hots Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state. And that, that means is that we can help you, but it's going to take us a couple days to get you. My eyes are so dry from allergies. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yesterday, it felt good. Today, back to, back to crap. Anyway, um, and if we can't get you right away, we have psychics on staff who can phone you and talk to you about what may or may not be going on in your home or business. And in most cases, they can settle the activity down until we get there. But like I said, it never takes us more than two or three days. If you're watching from you from Facebook today, and some of you are, uh, please be sure to hit that follow button if you like and see what you hear today. Uh, we're always looking for followers. We're trying to build our numbers up and keep that going. And also, by doing that and commenting on the show, it puts us higher in what they call the FYP. And what the FYP is, is that's that's the computer program that they have, the software that they're using, that will distribute us to different You know, more people, more people. That's our goal is to get out to more people. And if you really can, please be sure to share, share the show. I'd I'd appreciate that. Also, um, if you're watching from YouTube, same thing. You comment, you put some likes out there and some thumbs up. And uh, that puts us up higher in that FYP algorithm as well. And that puts us out there. And we're looking for our subscribers over there. We're almost at 1,000 subscribers. We're really close right now. And I'm hoping to have a thousand subscribers by Christmas. That would be a great Christmas gift or the New Year, you know, a great New Year. I haven't sprayed my chariot with WD-40, but I will. Um, anyway, so the same thing goes for YouTube. You know, uh, hit that like button, hit that heart button, hit smiley faces or whatever you know you hit, and uh, and subscribe if you haven't done so already. There's over 800 videos sitting over there, and it's all this show, and they're all different topics, and they're all they're all being categorized as I speak. And so I think you. Uh, we'll enjoy what you find over there. Just you know, just go over there, take a look around, and I think you'll like it. It doesn't cost you to subscribe. I'm also going to be doing subscriber gifts, and once we hit that thousand, we're going to be doing some subscriber giveaways, and uh, I think it's going to be some pretty cool stuff. California House Radio T-shirts. We got all kinds of stuff. Some par- you know, paranormal investigation equipment. Some EMF meters, if you guys want. You know, so we're going to be doing stuff like that once we hit that thousand. Okay, if you're watching from TikTok today, as some of you are. Uh, TikTok converts over on YouTube. Again, please be sure to share. Let people know that the show's on the air. Let people know about the show. Because that's our goal is, is to get out to as many folks as possible. All right. That being said, you can find us on TikTok at California Haunts. You can find us on YouTube at California Haunts Radio or YouTube.com forward slash at California Haunts Radio. You can get us that way. You can find us on Facebook as California Haunts. The Sacramento Sears as S-E-E-R-S. And you can find us as California Haunts Radio as well. On Twitter, we are California Haunts. On Twitch, I believe we're Cal Haunts. Okay? And on, yes, we won't leave out Instagram. On Instagram, we are Ghosty Gal. took me a second. Ghosty Gal, it's all lowercase. Okay? That's how you can find us on Instagram. We're waiting for the guest to come in. Um, the thing is, I had I, I, I never got, he agreed to be on the show, and I went ahead and confirmed it. Never got any confirmation back from him. So I'm going to give him a couple minutes. If he should, if if, he, if he's a no show, then I have already set up uh, Omnipresent, you know that book I've been reading on Sunday. I'll go into reading Omnipresent. Uh yeah, now we're with Omnipresent tonight. So that, that, that's if he's a no show, you know something might have come up with him and he can't make it. That's fine. It happens. You will last minute stuff. Anyway, tomorrow Nancy's going to be on with us and we're going to be talking about parallel timelines, time and time travel. And that's going to be interesting, because when I think of parallel timelines and time travel, I think of Back to the Future. We'll talk about that tomorrow. If you guys, you know, the majority of you have seen Back to the Future. That's what I think when I hear parallel timelines. If anybody wants to get me a, ball, a can of WD-40, that'd be great. <laughs> I can stop squeaking. As you can see, my uh, assistant back there grew up. So he's standing tall. He's life-size now. And uh, as long as he stays quiet, we're good. Otherwise, he'll start throwing things at me and calling me names and saying all kinds of things. But, you know. He is my co-pilot, so that that's one of those things. Ghost hunting this, this season, we never got to go out and do a Halloween ghost hunt, unfortunately. But we will be doing stuff starting in November. We're going to start going out, do it, get the stuff going. I'm just getting my team back to where uh, everybody's trained. And uh, excuse me. And when my when my close friend and second in command of this team, Monica Funk, died a couple years ago, uh I got all of her equipment, so I've got a lot of investigation equipment, and uh, with the new team, I've had a meeting with some of my new members already. They're going to be helping me put everything in order, and right now I'm going through all the equipment, because we actually did go out when we got the equipment initially at an event a cemetery and equipment's everywhere so i'm taking inventory on all the equipment we're gonna have an inventory list and we're just starting to get this going so you're going to be seeing a lot of us as far as ghost hunting goes you're going to be seeing a lot of my team a lot of us because we're going to be doing a lot of stuff we're going to put on some events i'm excited about the events you guys are welcome to come on the events speaking of event nancy and i will have a date for you for her readings we're going to do some readings this month and this month or early early november and it's going to be over at the California Haunts Patreon for Patreon members. $5 for five minutes. And that's $5 a month membership. Now, what that does is that $5 will get you five minutes. You can talk to Nancy and all that. Plus, every month you will get a free or you will get a reading based on that $5. Every month you get a reading. Okay? So it's not like you're going to pay one time, get one reading, and that's it. No. The next month you'll get a reading. Again, the $10 level. Same thing, 10 minute reading with Nancy Mass or Karen Clark. All right, same process. You will get a reading the next month. As long as you're a member of the Patreon, you'll get a free reading every month. And at the $15 level, you've got a 15 minute reading. And then you can ask and answer your Karen questions as that's happening. Okay, in addition, on those levels, when I hit 50, when I hit 50 Patreons, that's gonna be another giveaway thing. It'll be t shirts, hats, it'll be, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff. I have these really cool California Ghost Town, California Haunts Ghost Town Academy shirts. Those are cool. I haven't brought those out of the, out of, you know, out of the mothballs yet. In fact, I got my radio shirt on today. It has this that logo that's back here right on the back of it. So it's really kind of cool. Plus, we have California Haunts sunglasses. Go figure. California Haunts sunglasses. Got all kinds of little items. So we're gonna be giving stuff away. There's 50 subscribers over at the Patreon. 50 Patreons. All right and the other thing too it's not just about the psychic readings it's about when i do a pre-recorded show and i put i put the show out there for like this is an advanced show right and i say it's out two weeks ahead i put that show right away over on the patreon so that gives the patreon members the chance to see the show before anybody else does so it's kind of cool that's one benefit uh guests we're gonna start bringing some guests some question and answer guests i've been saying that for a while just trying to get it all implemented and get those you know question and answers going with the guests we're going to be doing that over there as well and that's part of the patreon all right um but i also want to do some tarot readings uh some, some card readings you know so uh we're going i'm gonna be doing that over there as well so that's a little more incentive to get the patreon and uh I think you like the Patreon. It's a cool site, and I mean, you can't be the psychic reading for five minutes for five dollars. You can't be the psychic reading for ten minutes for ten dollars or fifteen, right? Fifteen minutes, and it's for Patreon members. So, uh, yeah, check us out at uh, California Haunts Patreon. You can see there's a uh, ticker running along the bottom of the page here, and so that's going to be California Haunts Radio. So it's going to be Patreon.com forward slash California Haunts Radio to check it out and check out the Patreon. All right couple more minutes, and then I'll shift gears into reading the book. Uh, Even if I read today, I'll still have reading material for Sunday. Then we're going to start shifting into our holiday. The following Sunday, Carrie and I will probably talk about the Ghosts of Disneyland, because I want to do that this month, and then I booked the whole month, okay? So everything's booked. So um, we'll probably do that the following Sunday after that, and then the Sunday after that, we're going to read our Paranormal Christmas stories, which we did last year, and I'm trying currently looking for a book to get permission to read it online. And if I don't, I have the book I read last year, which was a pretty good book that I can read, so that, that I have full permission to read. So I'll probably end up doing that. And you know, I'll, I'll check the stuff on A Christmas Carol to see if maybe that's available as well. You know, to see, you know, out, out of copyright and all that stuff, because we just got to make sure we have permission to read this stuff, you know, absolute permission. So, tonight it looks like we're going to be reading from Omnipresent. I already, I, I already got lunch up over and ready to go. So, give me, you know, let's wait a couple more minutes and then I'll be on for an hour and out of your way. And then, right after this class, I forgot to mention all that too. I don't mention it very often. Is our meditation. Every Monday, every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, we have a meditation after the show. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing healthy stuff meditation. You know, and some other things with that to help people along with their days. You know, it's not what you think it is. It's a de-stressor. It's other things like that. So, uh, yeah, if you want to join that, you have to go to meetup.com and find that. meetup.com and sign up for the meditation. And that's an ongoing thing every week, you know, three three, three, three to four days a week. And I'm hoping to expand that to almost every day. Okay, it just depends how many people I have signed up for it. Let me check my email real quick, and I think we are going to start reading. Most unfortunate. Wrong button. Don't you hate when there's so many buttons? I hate so many buttons. I'm old school, right? Okay, well, let me go over to Omnipresent. Uh, you know, if you're making dinner or whatever tonight and you're just kind of relaxing, this is the time to do it. Lay down on the couch, put your fuzzies on. You now relax, be in front of the fire, grab a little glass of wine, and and just close your eyes and listen to the book. Um, this is a continuation. This is, this is a book by our good friend Lynn Monet. And this is a continuation of her first book, which was Omnipresent, where she had saved up enough money to buy a house for her and her kids. And they never really got moved in because once she got in the house, all kinds of things started happening. Some of it more darker than others. And it just got to the point where they couldn't be there anymore. So she never even moved in. She had to sell the house right away, and that's what they did. And now she's written a uh, another book added on to that. And she still she she has psychic abilities, and she still sees ghosts. She works as a she works as a nurse, so of course at a hospital she sees ghosts. And so she's yeah. And so it's just their story is just continuing. So. Uh, Let's do this and I'll read for about an hour and we'll call it a night and then uh, I'll see I'll see you guys tomorrow. So we have a drink. Ah, that mic picks up everything. I can't even have the TV on in the other room because mic will pick it up. All right. So here we go. And whoever's in there, thank you very much. I appreciate it again. Please be sure please be share. Please be sure to share to like and share the show and subscribe or uh, follow if you haven't done so already. Uh, And I would really appreciate, you know, like I said, I'm just trying to get the word out about the show and get things going. And, you know, and we're trying to generate income and stuff to keep the show on the air and and keep everything going. And that's my goal. And if I do blink out, I have hor I have Xfinity Internet. So my problem with Xfinity is that there's everybody in my neighborhood has it. And when there's big news stuff going on, everybody, and their brother is online this time at night. So you will see it blink out like that. Sometimes you'll see it slow down, and I'll end up looking like a robot, or whoever I have on is having issues. It's 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 my it's my internet. Okay, I have like one of the best types of internet there is, and I still have problems. All right, so let's get into omnipresent. What happened next? And uh, away we go. We are in chapter uh, twelve of the book, and uh, she's been talking about her own life. Uh, this is uh, her own bi- This is her own biography. And she goes into some detail about her family and the fact that her, that her sisters and brothers, or her or her brother, is sensitive like like Linus is, and uh, they saw stuff and and it was kind of a weird childhood because the father. Fo- well, you know, you'll figure it out. Anyway, I also want to remind everybody that this is a PG thirteen channel. All right, and there might be stuff in here you don't agree with, and if I do read something that you don't agree with. Don't turn me into the Facebook police or anything like that. Just, just, just you know, turn, turn me off. Turn, it sounds terrible. Turn me off. Turn me off. Move on. You know, find another show for today. But uh, there might be some stuff in here that you're not comfortable with, and I'm sorry. I apologize for that. But I am reading from the book. It's nothing that I'm coming up with on my own. I am reading from the book. All right. And I do have full permission from Lynn Monet to read this book. So let us continue. Uh, chapter twelve of uh, Omnipresent. What happens next? And we're talking about Lynn here, okay? So after church, her mother took her to the elders and exposed Lynn's ability to see spirits. The elders interrogated 10-year-old Lynn for almost an hour. They convinced her that there was something wrong with her. She was shamed and threatened by the elders. They told her that she would die in Armageddon. Now, bear in mind, I am not saying that you know, about any religious sex. I'm a Catholic. I admit to be a Catholic. And I believe, you know, every other religion has a right to be there as well. So we'll just leave it at that, okay? I'm not cutting on anybody or anything like that. I don't want anybody to get that impression that I'm cutting on any religions. All right? So let me continue. Armageddon is what the Jehovah's Witnesses believe to be a time when all people on earth will die except those who are Jehovah's Witnesses. It is also believed that when people people die, death leads to nowhere. With no heaven or afterlife, with the exception of the chosen one, with the exception of the chosen 144,000 who would return after the Armageddon. All right, let me enlarge this a little more so I can read it. Never have old eyes, guys. Okay. Move this up here. Okay. Get this thing moving. Okay, hang on. we got issues. Okay, there it goes. They also threatened to disfellowship, Lynn, from the church. She knew this meant even Phyllis would not be allowed to speak to her at all, not even at home or in church. Lynn's mother would be forced to shun her along with the members of the church. Lynn, also was, de- Lynn was devastated and felt helpless. It was more than a child's mind should ever have to contemplate. She had nowhere to return. Disfellowship from the church would also leave Lynn open to her father's wrath without any protection from her mother. So to survive, Lynn shut down and denied her ability to see apparitions. She did not speak of it again until much later in life. Lynn's ability to see interdimensionally seemed to lessen a lot during puberty. As a young adult, Lynn left the Jehovah's Witnesses and moved away from home. Her experience with the Jehovah's Witnesses had been horrible. They had had such, a neg- such negative effects on her family and her home life. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm down the middle on religions, guys, okay? Lynn went through several years of searching and trying to survive and in the world financially on her own. She worked day and night, as many as four jobs at one time, and put herself through college. Occasional interdimensional glimpses, which Lynn continued to pretend she didn't see, made her feel uncomfortable as she had become a, and she had become afraid of them. Thoughts of ever going to church almost caused Lynn. Thoughts of ever going to a church almost caused Lynn panic attacks. It gave her great anxiety to even attend a wedding that was held in one. Lynn believed in God. She just did not know what to believe about all the rest. I'm going to go up a little more on this. <laughs> I feel like I'm 90. I have to blow this thing up, factoring the size of my de- my my laptop. The more Lynn was away from her parents' home, her ability to see interdimensionally started to slow, slowly return. She continued to pretend she did not see it, denying her ability seemed to work up until the ascension of her younger sister. Robin was murdered by a jealous boyfriend, who happened to be a Baptist minister's son, and crossed over at age 20. Lynn was was 28 by then. When her ability started to reopen, it was intermittent, and she could no longer hear souls. She could only see them. Sometimes she doubted what she saw. Lynn got involved with the metaphysical group and attended meditation classes as her ability to see started to even out. She read books and met people with gifts like the ones Lynn had and more. The support from like minds with like gifts helped Lynn become aware of her gifts again. However, the group believed in universal law. With universal law, spirits and demons are not allowed to to bother another, especially when they are told to leave. Lynn didn't know at the time, but this was not true. Spirits and demons don't really leave unless one forces them out or the person leaves instead. So Lynn was not prepared to deal with what she came across in her East Flat Rock home two decades later. Lynn also focused on healing her and her child and learning appropriate parenting behavior. She knew one day she wanted to be a mother and wanted to make sure she gave her children a better life than what she had had. Her focus then turned mostly to that for many years. Lynn got married and had a daughter, Brittany. Then five years later, was pregnant with a second child, her son, Austin. One afternoon, Lynn was in her kitchen doing the dishes. She went to place a dish in the dishwasher and observed the spirit of a little girl standing there with her hands behind her back, leaning against Lynn's lower kitchen cabinets. The sweet-faced little girl had on black Mary Jane-type shoes with ankle socks. She had brown hair and green eyes. Her face resembled Lynn's. Her hair was shoulder-length in banana curls and parted on the side with a barrette. With a barrette. She appeared to be about three years old. Somehow, Lynn knew the little girl was going to be one of her children, even though she was pregnant with a boy at the time. Lynn thought this would be her last pregnancy. She was prepared to have a hysterectomy due to cervical issues after the birth of her son. She assumed then that the little girl might be the soul of the the current pregnancy, waiting to come in as a boy instead. Lynn had several more visitations with the little girl. She would see the girl standing the exact same way each time. At the birth of her son, Austin, Lynn found out that she did not need a hysterectomy after all. Your condition is very superficial, the doctor told her. During your C-section, everything looked fine. The doctor then asked Lynn if she wanted her tubes tied. She hesitated with her answer. Lynn did not know that more children would ever be an option. She had prepared herself with the mindset of not being able to have more because of her hesitation. Okay, sorry, have more. I I zipped on. Because of her hesitation, the doctor would not proceed with tubal ligation. Lynn looked over into the corner of the operating room, and there stood the little girl, apparition. This was the last time Lynn saw her. Lynn had divorced before Austin was born, and knew she would be raising her children alone as a single mother. Lynn loved being a mother, but shortly after the birth of Austin... Her world started to fall apart. Her home went into foreclosure, as she had to move. Lynn was working, but it wasn't enough to survive in a, two, in a two-income home without consistent financial support from her children. It seemed, it seemed as if whatever she spent to enforce her child support ended up costing her more than the amount she was to receive. Lynn remained single for ten years. Lynn moved with her mother who had also abandoned the Jehovah Witnesses' religion from Florida to New North Carolina. She lived with her children and mother in a rented home for a year. Unbeknownst to them, the house was not located in a good area. It was isolated on a street with only two homes and woods all the way around. It wasn't until autumn came and the leaves fell a few months later that they could see the neighborhood around them. The house was broken into four different times while she lived there. During the second break-in, the person siphoned the oil from the heat, oil for the heat, out of Lynn's outdoor tank. They had written on the side of the shed in front of the oil leaf, with red rock, "Nice girl and boy." Interesting. Lynn was horrified, as whoever was breaking in lived close enough to watch her playing with her children outside. From that point forward, Lynn and her mother started to sleep together in a king-sized bed with the children in between them. Lynn was afraid if someone broke in in the night that she may not be able to get to the children fast enough to protect them the house had no air conditioning they lay trying to sleep coverless in a hot house they were too afraid to have the windows open the fan blew hot air on top of them they had signed a lease for one year and had no money to go anywhere else Phyllis would say to lynn when we can't afford paper towels then we know we have money lynn continued to have issues with child support with $250, Lynn and her mother opened a store selling used, high-end children's clothes in a consignment shop. The business was decent, but not great. Lynn started working late nights as a nurse and ran the store by day. Her daughter's school was right behind the, the straight mall that the store was located in. Lynn's son came to the store with her and Phyllis, and, and Phyllis stayed with the children at night. Lynn went without sleep for as long as 60 hours on more than one occasion. She felt as if her face was falling asleep while she was still awake. When she eventually had to close the store, she looked forward to the lease ending, with Lynn's credit still ruined from her divorce. She was having a hard time finding a place to move when her lease was up. There was an ad in the newspaper for a single white trailer for six thousand, five thousand dollars She went to see it. The owner was selling all the mobile homes he had been using as rentals. and the small trailer park, and this was the last one he had. Even though it needed a lot of work and was 20 years old, Lynn bought it with her income tax return money. It turned out to be the best decision. She had no rent or mortgage payment, just a small monthly fee. Little by little, Lynn started renovating the single-wide. When she was done, it looked it looked new near, near, near new. God, new floors, new carpet, fresh fresh fresh, fresh linoleum. The roof was repaired, and the place was painted inside and out, with Wayne's cloth and wallpaper, all done mostly with Lynn's own hands. She ended up living there for almost six years, rebuilding her credit post-divorce. She purchased the haunted home in East Flat Rock that she had had never got to live in and returned to the single wife for five more months. Lynn bought a bungalow-style home in Asheville, North Carolina. She met her second husband and moved to Greenville, South Carolina. Lynn became pregnant at age 45. She gave birth to a healthy baby girl. The baby girl resembled Lynn greatly. One day, when Lynn's youngest daughter had turned three, Lynn had a deja vu moment. Her daughter was telling her something, and all of a sudden, the stance Lynn's daughter took was almost the same as the little girl apparition she had seen when she was pregnant with Austin. An image of the spirit girl flashed across Lynn's consciousness. Let me check back here, guys. Lynn's youngest daughter looked the exact same as a little apparition girl, only without the banana curls. Lynn realized the little girl she had seen while pregnant with her son had been another one of her children waiting to come in, her youngest daughter. I had a friend, or I have a friend who did that when she had her son. Um, she actually saw him in a dream. Shortly after the birth her youngest child, of her youngest child, Lynn's world fell apart again. She found out she had mistakenly married and had a child with a person who had a lot hidden. The tension started to build in her home when her husband lost his job and was unemployed for a year. Then he, was under, then he was underemployed for another year. Lynn found evidence of her husband's affairs from both before they married. While they were in a supposed exclusive relationship and during their marriage. She also found evidence of her husband contacting escort services based on outgoing calls on an old phone he had hidden. Lynn lost her job of ten years and couldn't hire an attorney for the divorce. She moved into the nursery and out of the and out of the marital bed. Tensions were high in the home. The older the children, the older the children, and Lynn started the older children and Lynn started to notice a black, shadowy, oval-shaped entity. I have to slow down here. <laughs> it sometimes could be mistaken as a fluffy, fat black cat jumping off of furniture and fluttering across the floor. They did not own a cat. In the entity was a black platform, and it seemed to get larger in size as the tension, resentment and anger grew in the household. Lynn recognized what it was and had a blessing performed as smudging done on the house. This seemed to make the platform disappear for a while, until another started to grow back. Platforms are man-made. They are caused by a buildup of animosity, anger, fighting, resentment, sorrow, deceit, and certain behaviors, such as looking at pornography, incest, infidelity, and physical violence. They serve as hosts for the demonic apparitions to enter a space upon, like a portal. During that time, Lynn attended school and worked weekends running her booth in the flea market. To compound issues, her mother, Phyllis, became scammed out of her retirement and fully paid for home before the family found out. It was too late, and the bank was foreclosing on her home. She had taken out a mortgage on her debt-free home to pay scammers all over the world. The monthly mortgage payment was higher than the income and impossible for her to pay. Phyllis was moved to a studio apartment and low rent that she could afford with her monthly checks. Sadly, she continued to send the scammer's money. It got so bad that she stopped administering her insulin because she didn't have enough money to pay for it. The family became aware of this and had to take control of Phyllis' finances. Phyllis was having frequent falls and was later diagnosed with cancer. She was not taking care of herself or her living space. In the middle of a bad marriage, Lynn moved Phyllis into her home for monitoring and care. Lynn took her mother to all of her frequent cancer appointments with emergency room visits in between. For her mother and her son, it was also a very difficult time. Cancer riveted Lynn's family. She lost her mother, father, and brother to it. Her father and brother crossed over three months apart from each other. She finished school and worked in care management with a large nationwide insurance company for four years until the COVID-19 pandemic. During her work, she was able to help clients with terminal illnesses and their families prepare for death and become comfortable with dying and death. Chapter 15, Self-Help There is one technique for clearing spirits out of one's home that has been successful for many. First, your home needs to be clean. The demons can hide in clutter and thrive on the depression and unhappiness the chaos and clutter brings. One is ringing the proverbial dinner bell for unwanted guests who come to get their fix off of your unresolved issues. And the band-aid's chosen to cover them up. Most of the time, we create our own problems and are very quick to blame instead of taking responsibility. The supplies that are needed can be found online or in local stores. These are a cross or Archangel Michael Pennant, preferably on a necklace or chain, a necklace chain, holy water, dragon's blood incense, a sage bundle, epsom salt, rosemary, and ammonia. Start house or space prep. Do not start this if you cannot finish it. It needs to be done all at one time and can take hours, so be sure to set time aside. This technique can be done by one person or several people at the same time. It is a lot of work, but it is at no cost to you, other than supplies, and if you do it yourself, then you know it will be done right, with no shortcuts. It will empower you to know that the next time a ghost decides to choose your house to reside in, You can clear it again. You can use this technique as much as you need to. For instance, if you move and need to use it again in your new home or your new place, or your sister or brother or mother needs help with their house, right, you can use it again. Or maybe someone accidentally tracks something back into your house. The blessing does not have to be in exact order. You can start with the the attic or the basement, wherever you want to start. If you have more than one person helping, make sure that clear instructions are given and each person understands what spaces they are responsible to clear. The windows and exterior doors are done last, and the ones that are cracked open will be the last of the last after the entire ritual is finished. The entire ritual is finished when you have done all the steps listed below, number 1 through 17. All right, I've seen this stuff done. Um, I don't do it, but I have people on staff that do this. So... Listen up. However, the technique must be exact. No exceptions. It will be really unfortunate for you if you have others helping and one person omits something that causes the blessing to be unsuccessful. You don't want your unwanted guests to return with a vengeance. This is a lot of work to do for nothing and still have ghosts and demons in your home. It's better to do it right the first time and be rewarded with no ghosts in your home. This is to be taken Seriously, any joking around immediately before, during, or immediately after a ritual or making inappropriate comments or threats, can make you the weak link in the cleaning and leave you open to being physically attacked. Any chance a demon gets to spook or distract a person energizes them as they feed off the negativity. When they need to get stronger and it enables them to manifest in physical appearance and actions such as biting, chawing, pushing, pulling hair, poking making themselves visible, lifting people off the ground, throwing things, flickering lights, turning lights on and off, turning water faucets on and off, and turning items that use batteries on and off, or making your batteries go dead. They can place imprints in your mind that seem very real, like a snake curling up in your pocket and slithering down your leg. You need to ignore it, realize the imprints are not real, and persevere. It's no fun for them to toy with a person who doesn't allow them to feed. Okay, so here's the instructions. One, find a place for your children under age 15 or any age if they're scared. Put your dog outside so they don't get underfoot. The dog can't see them. Two, pour a cap full of ammonia into every drain, including the one behind your washing machine and in toilet bowls. Do not flush or rinse down anything until the clearing is finished. This is to block any entities from hiding in them and then returning. Three, crack a door or window open. This is to give whatever you are clearing an exit to leave from your space. Bless these areas last. Four, light sage bundle and fan smoke onto everyone in the house or space. Moving in a clockwise motion around them. Start at the top of the head and work your way down to feet. Lift up each foot and sage under each foot. Place the smoldering sage in a fireproof glass or ceramic bowl to use again at the end of the clearing. This is to balance your body f- field and remove any negativity. Number five, pour holy water into a bowl and place a pendant in it. Six, light the dragon's blood incense and place it in every room. The spirits don't like it and will want to get away from it. It can also help prevent anyone getting physically attacked by demons during the blessing. 7. This part is to be taken seriously and be done thoroughly. When in doubt, do it again. It is always better to overdo than to underdo. Stay neutral and show no emotion. Be determined. No joking around out of nervousness. 8. Take the penchant out of the holy water and touch it to a wall. Say, no evil lives here. Then dip the pendant back into the holy water and repeat the ritual on every wall, ceiling, and floor in every room. This includes where the water here and AC pump are kept, the pantry, storage closets, and under stair areas. Be sure to dip the pendant every time before touching a surface. After you have completed those, step on the kitchen bathroom, start, sorry. I don't know what I'm reading today. After you completed those, start on the kitchen bathroom and any other cabinets, including in your closet and garage. Open your cabinet if it has shelves. Be sure to touch the pendant to both sides, top, bottom, and back of each section divided by the shelves. These will be referred to as cubes. A one-shell cabinet has two cubes. And a two-shell cabinet has three cubes, for example. Then, do the inner and outer cabinet door. Do the same with drawers, shelves, without doors. Inside your refrigerator, freezer, oven, safe, fireplace, and dishwasher. Remember to dip the pendant each time in between, and state firmly, no evil lives here, every time. No shortcuts. When in doubt, doing an area twice will not hurt, leaving it undone well. Don't forget to touch the under part of the countertop. Ten, do the windows that are not cracked open, the same way you would do a cabinet. Then do interior doors, front, back, top, and bottom, but not the exterior doors yet. 11. Do the attic, touching the beans upper and lower on both sides, with the pit and holy water. Don't forget to say, no evil lives here, every time. Yes, every single one of the walls and the ceilings. Be sure to say that. 12. Do the basement and garage the same way as previous steps. 13. Now this part is finished, and your exterior door window is still cracked open. 14. Take the lit sage bundle and go through all the areas again, founding the smoke upward along the ceiling wall crease. The entire length of the walls in every room, the attic, and the basement, but not cabinets and appliances that have been cleared. This is to neutralize and balance the energy and to clear any remaining microdemon, that, the micro-demon dust that's left behind. 15. Bless the exterior door or window that is cracked open but dependent in holy water, then shut it. Take a shower and clean yourself. When finished, fill up the tub and add two tablespoons of epsom salts and two tablespoons of rosemary and soak in the tub for 20 minutes. Then get out and pat dry. Do not rinse it off. 17. Take an epsom salt and rosemary bath once a week. It is a repellent to negative forces. If you don't want to get your hair wet, although submerged is best, one can sprinkle some water from the tub on the top of their head and let it dry. Optional. Play demon removal music to keep them in a weakened state. Many demon removal music samples can be found on YouTube. It is recommended not to do this procedure alone. It works best with two people, at least having someone else there with you while you do these steps alone. Everything listed here is to be done at your own risk. You can choose to do it yourself or have Lynn or someone else do it. Lynn does not charge for services, even though, as you can see, There's a lot of work. Lynn and her partner, in extreme cases, can also do plasma removal when necessary, which is dangerous and a moderate risk of injury for the person performing it, which is why it is not listed in this book. A person really has to know what they're doing in order to perform this one successfully. It is used in combination with the ritual given here and is successful for those few who do not have success with the one listed here. Lynn is not responsible for someone choosing to attempt plasma removal. If you choose to do it yourself, you take responsibility for the risk. Lynn does, however, require being reimbursed for any of her personal money spent on supplies, traveling expenses, and in some cases overnight stays with meals, and if any of her or her partner's wages are lost by coming to help. Most people do not realize how exhausting this line of work can be. Lynn is willing to donate her time and talent, which can take hours or days. People don't realize when dealing with dealing in this field that your demonic problems come from those of the person who helps you as well. One will, leave, uh, one will leave a clearing today, drained of energy, because it takes a lot of fortitude to be in on the presence of demons and angry lost souls who are trying to wear one down and don't want you there to begin with. It truly is an unseen battle of energy, and there is always that risk of the demons following you home. So, there is a risk for the light worker on many levels and repercussions that can last months. Lynn's friend Kelly brought her son Matthew over to have an attachment removed. Lynn removed it in her own home, then had to, had to chase the creepy beast around afterwards for a few days until she was able to clear her own home. There are days of preparation that Get one ready to walk into the, into the arena, as well as rejuvenation of oneself afterwards. That's the part people do not see. And unless you are a healer, psychic empath, or jailer, one cannot understand the exhaustion. Lynn once slept 12 hours straight and another 6. After that, within a 24-hour period, after doing a cleaning. I can tell you that that's true. I have been I um, what I call a psychic hit. And uh, that will knock me out for two or three days. The reason for the exhaustion is that during any type of removal, the person doing the removal is under constant attack. The attack starts way before someone like Lynn arrives. Simply by allowing communication with the person having problems initiates the attacks on Lynn. A client once sent Lynn audio tapes of multiple ghosts and demons talking to each other and was told by the client that they threatened and bellow obscenities at them. This was a daily occurrence. Lynn recently received a plea for help from a person who was disabled and becoming more and more incapacitated as they lingered in the heavy negativity within their home. This had happened in several other cases that Lynn became aware of, you know, the negativity. And that negativity can make a person physically ill. Yes, it can. As Lynn sat at her computer answering the person's email, she began to feel hot flashes from, the, from their demons. On her arms and legs. I'm sorry. Hot how lashes, as in, like a, like a whip. Hot lashes from their demons on her arms and legs. She heard tapping, like flicking the frame of a mirror, which was in the room she was sitting in. Then, she heard the same tapping on her cabinets. She could clearly feel the presences. While she struggled to respond to the client, her computer became wonky and would and would and wouldn't. Uh, I'm sorry, her her computer became wonky and would change or erase the words she had already typed. The email would not send until after five separate attempts. It took Lynn an hour and a half to get the email in good condition for her to send. She had to go back multiple times and make corrections. I know that feeling. The email would scroll by itself. Lynn finally had to burn some dragon's blood, play play, play demon removal music on her phone, and tell them to leave, or she would take them. Or she would make them not want to stay. The demons took one more shot by making her phone fall off from the table. Finally, fed up with their antics, trying to scare her, she stood up, totally unafraid or amused, and stated out loud, with a big smile and overjoyed demeanor, "Let's all sit down at the table and learn about love, 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 love." She repeated over and over, "I want you. I want for you." Spirits to embrace love and joy and happiness. And you can sit down with me here and let me help you learn. One has never seen a group of demons and negative souls leave a room so fast, as if there was a bad stench in the room. They likely thought Lynn was totally crazy and couldn't believe that she was not afraid of them. They could not leave the room fast enough. Lynn called to them as they hightailed it out and said, Wait, you're not leaving, are you? We were just getting ready to start the first session. She started pursuing them down her hallway as she sent them love, smiling, and repeating love again multiple times. This may sound comical, and it really is it really is if one were here if one were to step back to think about it. But never let them know you are laughing at them. If you do, they will find another time when you may not be as aware and attack. They don't like being mocked or being made fun of. Lynn had a friend who was with her in the haunted East Flat Rock house. She stood in the foyer, waiting for Lynn to enter, and called to Lynn. You aren't going to allow the boogeyman to get me, are you? They attacked her. The demons targeted her, and she was left clawed and physically bleeding in two places. This love remedy is a fast one, but temporary. No acknowledgement is best, especially if one cannot control their discomfort and fear. And once again, do not talk about them in your honest face. They can hear you. And this is enough of a feed for them to energize and enable them to start acting out badly. Like with children, you have to be consistent. One can't be acting not scared of them one minute, then afraid the next. One either is or is not. No middle area. Then receive the response from the client the next day with photos of, and more audio. As she opened the email and started to look into the content, the entities in the client's home thought they would try their antics to scare her again. Lynn felt one behind her, touching her hair, and heard the snapping sound again, you know, against her mirror frame and cabinets again, along with the hot swipes on her forearm and legs. Lynn again stood up, trying not to laugh outwardly, and, with an exaggerated, joyous voice, stated out loud in the room, I'm so happy you decided to return for your lesson with me today. It really shows how badly you want to learn how to love. When Lynn said this, she could see the two she could see two other nannies side by side in her living room, doorway, facing her di- facing her dining room, where she was sitting. They both looked at each other as if asking, Who is she talking to and what did she say? Then they looked again at Lynn, who was smiling in an exaggerated, joyous grin. Yes, Lynn continued. I'm talking to you and all of your friends that came along with you. Let's sing a song about love and joy together. The two entities again looked at each other. Don't worry, Lynn said. If you don't know the words, I'll teach you. Then you can embrace love, joy, and happiness too. And you can go back and teach it to your friends in hell so they can feel that love as well. One of the two entities shriveled and then turned and left quickly. The other puffed up as much as it could without being able to get the supply of fear it expected. This one wanted to call Lynn's love. Let's begin, Lynn said. Of course, Lynn didn't really know a song. But she knew what demons and negative souls hated. And she knew, since demons were second level beings, they did not have the capacity to experience love and felt uncomfortable being around it. So she made a song up. God loves you, Jesus loves you, Lynn loves you, love, love, love. Then she said, okay, let's sing it together. She had planned to start the verse again from the beginning and found she didn't need to because they had cleared the room. Talk about flying like bats out of hell. This was flying back into hell. These negative spirits had been in this person's home a long time. They were comfortable and had a constant supply of depression, fear, and physically disabling ailments to feed off of. The client was helpless to even leave the room Due to being mostly bedridden and needing help to get into a wheelchair, the computer where one's emails goes carries a vibration of its own, and other energies can travel through it. People don't realize that when Lynn and her life partner Bill come in to help, they have to fight off and ignore—excuse me—the hot, the, the hot to bone slashes, hair pulling, biting, and being energetically assaulted from demons and lost souls. They have to continue as if nothing has happened. Some of the attacks are painful, but they can't scream out or react because it will energize the unwanted guests, giving them the ability to attack them harder. Another risky issue with cleaning a home from spirits is the people who live in the home being present during the clearing, if any of them. And it only takes one person. Get scared or use recognition to their spirits. The attacks on Lynn and her team also get worse and it becomes harder To get the apparitions out, the person's fear is not only energizing them, but anchoring them there. Spirits who have been in the same place for a long time are creatures of habit, and they hate moving. They will grasp at any thread to hang on and stay where they are most comfortable. They have been able to stay as long as they have because of a sure thing and a guaranteed supply. Without that, they would have moved out a long time ago. It's not fun for apparitions when the entertainment is lacking. One yelling at them to get out and threatening them indicates frustration, fear, and anger, which with, which equals supply. Be firm, matter of fact, not furious and assertive, without explanation. If one is not good at being assertive or is not sure what to say, it's like talking to a two-year-old. These are some things one could say right before initiating a clearing. 1. The party's over. It's time for you to go. 2. You have two choices. The door or the window for your exit. Or I'm going to assist you out. You have provided the exits by leaving them cracked open. Be sure no one closes it until clearing is finished. In a parenthesis. 3. I'm giving all spirits in this house the chance to leave. You are not allowed to remain here. Again, an exit has been left cracked open. In the parentheses. E plug. See, we're getting to the end here, guys. Ten years after Lynn drove past the for sale sign in front of her old East Flat Rock house, Lynn's life partner Bill convinced her to show the house to him. Bill and Lynn were on the interstate nearby when Bill suggested they fake, or they take a they fake <laughs> when Bill suggested they take a drive by just to see. All these years later, Lynn was still reluctant. And did not want to turn on the street. It'll be okay, Bill reassured her, as he took the turn. The house looked different. The windows had been changed, and the driveway was now paved. They Googled the house and found it had just sold, yet again, eight months earlier. I hope the children I hope children aren't living there, Lynn said. They turned around at the end of the street and headed back. While passing the house, Lynn could feel the negativity pull. Let's get off the street she insisted. I don't want I don't want to linger. Bill obliged as they drove away from East Flat Rock. I never want to go there again, Lintonville, and she has not. Let's see. Okay, I'm trying to see what this is, this is doing. I don't know what this is. Okay, uh, this is the end of the book, gang. That's it. We just wrapped up. So, okay. So Sunday now, when, when, when I do do the read, I'll uh, start a new book, which will be read temporarily until we shift over to the holidays. But uh, that is the end of that book. It was a great book. Uh, in fact, she uh, emailed me the other day uh, asking me how things went and how everybody responded, and I'm going to be emailing her back today. Anyway, that's the end of that book. All right, so let me have a little drinky here. We got like eight minutes, eight minutes left. That was an interesting read. The first book was really scary. That gave me nightmares. Anyway, as a paranormal investigator, we'll talk about this because she mentioned stuff in there. Um, do I believe in cleansings? I do. I do believe in cleansings. I don't do them personally. Very seldom do I do them. I very seldom do I do them here. <laughs> but uh, there are times when whatever's in your house or something's going on that you just don't like it, it doesn't like you, it's causing you problems, that this has to be done. You know, I've uh, done cases where not only do people, excuse me, have stuff in their house, but they have what I call what we call a freeway. Uh, this one particular house in a neighborhood, I'm not going to say where it's at, my sister moved out but I'm not going to go there. Um this woman had all kinds of things going on in her house and she had like in, in the backyard, like beyond the fence of the backyard, there was like, according to the psychics that we were working with at the time, there was like a freeway back there where the ghosts were coming and going in this area. And that's why they would go into this house because she was sensitive and her kids were sensitive and it was a big draw. So yeah, it was like a freeway. So, I mean, it's one of those situations where you can cleanse it, Get everything out of there it's kind of like an apartment apartments work the same way there's so many people that live in apartments that when somebody has paranormal activity it's hard it's very difficult to narrow it down because you've got 140 150 units sometimes even more you know depending on the size of the apartment even motels right so it's hard to do that in this, in this uh, in like this case i was talking about this people's backyard it like a freeway where the ghosts were, were just going by coming and going coming and going so she would get different and these, you know, different apparitions in the house and different stuff going on all the time, and you have to just be able to get the bads out, you know, get the baddies out in that case because you really can't seal off anything because there's just too much coming in from the back. And the apartment, same thing, you know. People that live in apartments that have issues, and we've done a lot of apartment work, and it's just we can only do so much when we go out to do it, you know. So Lynn's right with that, and I agree with her. I agree with her techniques. I, you know. I do, but that takes training. You know, she had to learn how to do it just like anybody else. You just can't watch Ghost Hunters or some TV show and then start investigating right away and expect, you know, expect to be able to do it all because you can't. It's impossible. And that's something that uh, TV has done where people are very, very eager to go out and do this work and they don't realize, you know, how dangerous it can be, how draining. Like, like she says at towards the end of the book, how draining this book can be. Let's see. Hang on a second. One second. Who do we got here? Oh, cool. Hi, Anne. Yes. So, I mean, you have to prepare. I mean, even Catholic priests or exorcists will tell you because they have to prepare. Before they even go out. And like Lynn mentions preparing before she goes out to do a cleansing. And that's true, because even the Catholic exorcists will take um, I don't know how long they fast, but, but but they fast and pray for a certain amount of time before they go out on, on a case. Because you have to prepare yourself. You have to prepare yourself mentally and physically for it because it, it is draining. And when I talk about a psychic hit, she kind of alludes to that. In that area saying, yeah, they'll come after whoever's, whoever's cleansing the house, whoever's ghost hunting in the house or whatever. They're going to come after you right away because they, because they want to stay there. They don't want you trying to push them out. So it can be really exhausting, really, really exhausting. Uh, Virginia City, uh, there's a, (laughs) there's a museum for ill repute. And it's a downstairs thing. And there is a dark, there's supposedly a dark entity down in there. And of course... I walked right through it or it walked right through me and uh, I was able to get home that day, but I slept for three days afterwards, just straight through. Couldn't, could not stay awake. Because I took what I, you know, what I call the psychic hit on that one, you know? So you do do that. I was at the Wounded Opera House doing a post from a case, you know, from, from investigating there. And as I'm sitting there talking with the client, you know, and showing him the evidence that we had, I felt my stomach do a flip. It was like one of those things where you feel like you want to throw up and you just have that that weird feeling in your stomach. So I knew what had happened. I took a hit. And so, of course, I I drove home and I was out for like two or three days. I mean, that's just what it is. So it's very taxing on people. Very, very, very taxing. Because it's just like in the movie Poltergeist. You know, they they don't feel that energy anymore. So that's what they want to feel. And so if they can feel it from you because – You're a living being. That's what they're going to do. You know, a lot of teams, our team especially, when I have people out and, you know, we want to converse with whatever's there, I'll I'll allow them to touch me, but it's only my pinky finger. It's not anything bigger than my pinky finger because that way I'm not getting drained as as badly. So a lot of what she said, you know, that was written towards the end of that book was, was spot on very spot on. And like I said during the reading I have a lot of respect for religion, all religions a lot of respect for all religions. You know people are going to believe the way they're going to believe and that's just how it is but if we don't have those beliefs there's no point. I mean you know people are going to believe so you know they need that comfort or whatever but um, I respect all religions. I was raised Catholic and I really respect that religion. After seeing the work that these priests do when a house is, you know, under attack, or the people in the house are under attack, I have tremendous respect for them. Okay, well that wraps up today. All right, tomorrow we'll be back with Nancy Matz. It's Casual Friday, and she, you know, kind of mentioned this last week during the show we did last week about time travel and parallel um, parallel timelines. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And I know, you know, people think, when I think of time travel and parallel timelines, I think of Back to the Future. When Marty goes back and he sees himself, you know, at at, at the high school. But he's able to be, uh, you know, be travel back and then be in in a parallel timeline with them. You know, with that. So that's what I think of when when I hear time travel and parallel timelines. So we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Nancy's interested in that, so we're going to go with it tomorrow. So that's going to be our show tomorrow, 6:30 p.m. Pacific the usual time. I want to thank you guys for hanging with me, for reading this, you know, for finishing off this book. I really appreciate it. And again, Sunday I'll either do a show with Karen Clark and we'll be talking about the ghosts of Disneyland of the, of the Disney parks or I'll start another book because usually what we do is, you know, I'll get into reading like two Sundays worth of a book and then we'll shift to the Christmas horror stories and things like that, you know, for the holiday. As soon as that, you know, right after Thanksgiving, we'll shift over. So, uh, okay. Well, thank you again, everybody that came. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated my show, share it with enemies. I just want to get the word out. And Like I said, if you're watching from YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, please do. I'm trying to build up to that thousand subscribers by, you know, by around Christmas or New Year's. It'd be a great little Christmas gift, but I really appreciate if you did that. Just like if you're on Facebook and you're watching, you haven't done so already, please be sure to hit that follow button. And show me some love. Show me some happy faces. Show me some sad faces. Whatever you want to show me, but show show me something up there. So let me know you're here and alive and breathing. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to bug out now. And have a great rest of your evening. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Let me get my cue up here so I don't blow it. Okay. And I'll get a hold of Mister Serena and probably rebook him for another day. I'm booking for uh, November now, so we'll see what I can do with that. But anyway, have a great evening, and I will see you tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific.